Hey, everyone. Before we get into the show, I first just wanted to give a big thank you to our guests this week. And because we have a guest, there might be a little bit of some different audio. Definitely still did try to keep it as best quality as we could. So hopefully you enjoyed this. And also for everyone in the United States that's going to be celebrating, happy Thanksgiving. And as a little bonus and for fun, uh, we did actually start recording before we started officially recording the show. So there are a couple of some pretty great clips of some conversations uh, in our Discord. So if you're not in the Discord already, please jump in that Discord and check out those bonus clips and let us know if you like that kind of content so that we can continue to do that and uh, add that for you all. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. It's me, Smarms, and back with us, we have Kat! Yay! Yay! Uh, So, we also have Dragon Rider with us, Card Game Queen, and today we are joined by Ron Mexico! Yay! Hey, how's it going? In case anybody's exciting. curious, I am trying to make them clap. So far, nobody is on board, but that is absolutely <laughs> fine. I'll clap all by myself. Um, so, uh, yeah, everybody, how's it going? Yeah, it's going. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a little bit weird hearing someone else read the intro. I, I'm not going to lie. That's like what I'm supposed to be saying. <laughs> I know we just agreed that you would do it, but I was just like, huh so that's what that sounds like that is very fair uh you do always read the intro for us mm-hmm. um and then um i can't remember how long it's been since we've had a poll question so i imagine that we're uh just yeah. skipping the yeah. answer the last so one? so you know I'll, I'll just preface this by saying it's been a little weird like right this month obviously Oh my gosh. Okay, as the cat just like topples my my cards over here. <laughs> Makes all the dogs like jump out of their skin. Uh <laughs> This month has been really weird in terms of like the show and, you know, who we have with us uh because obviously Cat had her surgery, so she was out expected to be out for at least a month. And so Smarms and I were kind of like, okay, let's start lining up guests for like after our set review. And then we set up the guests and Kat was like, actually, I'm good. But then just in case it was like, well, if you're not good, especially like, you know, last minute, I figured why not have the guests still and Kat. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of came up with like a, a little theme for this week and next week uh, with our guests. So very excited. And Ron, thank you for joining us. Even uh, yeah, even with Cat being back, we still appreciate yeah, you being here. <laughs> yeah, happy no, to be here. Well, that's that's a bonus. I thought I might be replacing Cat, and now I get to hang out with Cat, so it's fantastic. Yeah, yay! <laughs> it's definitely. Um, I was not expecting to have healed so quickly, especially considering 
how miserable my stay in the hospital was. Um, but when I got back, it's just been, it's been uphill and everyone's impressed with how quickly everything's healing. So like, it's, it's been nice to actually just be not super uncomfortable in my own body, <laughs> just like constant pain and like being uncomfortable and hooked up to catheters and wound vacs and IVs and all that stuff. So like, it's nice to be home and like I'm I've healed enough that like I can actually sit in a chair for a long period of time. So like I was like, all right, I want to come back like because I don't want to like do did not want to sit out and miss the show unless I could not handle doing the show. So like it's super nice to be back. So thank you. I'm super glad to have you back. Yeah. Uh, our so I thought I'd like kick off for uh, those of you who uh, live under a rock and don't know who Ron is. Ron, can you give us like a little bit of an intro about yourself? Just kind of some general Hearthstone knowledge about you. Sure, absolutely. There you go. So... That's a question, technically. <laughs> it's technically yes, a question. this does qualify as a question. Nicely done. Um, <laughs> proud of you already. So uh, my, my name is Ron Mexico. I've been playing Hearthstone since uh i think september of 2015 um my brother played in beta and he introduced me to it and um yeah I, I was always obsessed with card games and i also like grew up playing blizzard games and stuff and warcraft things so those two were like the marriage of some of my absolute favorite things and i got hooked immediately um played for a while like not really competitively and started to gradually kind of ease into the competitive scene and um then i just I fell in love with uh you know trying to do as as best as i possibly could on ladder um wound up qualifying for some masters tours uh started streaming in 2020 didn't stream consistently at all for a couple years then decided to take streaming seriously about a year ago and i've been very consistently streaming on twitch for uh basically since last november till till now it's a a very regular like five days a week schedule um i'm usually somewhere in the top like 100 200 legend um and i really love playing hunter so you'll see me playing hunter a lot um and i dabble in other classes but you know mainly mainly we do a little smorking i was gonna say other classes <laughs> that also have the name hunter AKA you play Hunter and Demon I mean, Hunter. especially, <laughs> especially if it has Hunter in the name. Yes. I, Demon Hunter probably become like my second favorite class, but, uh, uh, really it just nothing, nothing quite holds a candle to playing Hunter for me. It's, it was the first thing that I really got hooked on and it never really, um, switched from that path. I love that. So my brother also got me into Hearthstone. He also played as part of the beta. It took me till the winter of 2021, though, to actually pick it up. You are a much nicer sibling uh, <laughs> for listening. to. It didn't take you, I don't know, like eight years to listen to your sibling. So, uh, but the question I kind of have, and this, like, I'm going to first ask it to Ron and then kind of open it up to you guys. Like, what really drew you into Hunter? And like, what made that the class that really started to vibe? Um, and like and also like eventually i want to ask about like how that evolves with like the different metas but first we'll just start Certainly. with like the getting into hunter so um in a lot of ways it's like the gateway class to hearthstone for everybody um because it's 
usually like one of the most simplistic ways to play. It teaches you the fundamentals the fastest and Hunter often has like the most aggressive decks that are the cheapest to make. So if you're brand new to Hearthstone, you often don't really have the cards to make all the really like higher competitive decks, but you can make a deck that can still win a reasonable amount of time for very cheap um at least that was the case back in like 2015 when i started and hunter has almost always had some kind of you know uh, people always refer to it as a face deck essentially it's just like the really aggressive deck um and, but to me it wasn't really that those were like kind of peripheral things that sort of pushed me towards oh you're probably going to try hunter first uh the main thing for me was hunter has beasts and I love animals. I, I'm like obsessed with all <laughs> any any type of animal. It just it always makes me happy to see. And Hunter had so many different like cool and fun beasts, and it had my favorite card of all time uh, at that point since it's evolved to the Deathstalker Rexar hero card over time. But my favorite card when I first started Hearthstone was Unleash the Hounds, which is just a delightfully amazing card uh they're they're the best boys you know your opponent has a, a bunch of minions on their side and you play that card and you summon a whole bunch of charging doggos what is not to like it's it's incredible um and i was watching my brother play because he was introducing me to the game and he was playing on his ipad and he was constantly playing face hunters so there's just like these smears of you know face 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 <laughs> it's like really fun and i was asking him wait uh, they have stuff on the other side don't you want to like fight for board or something like isn't isn't that a bad idea to leave them with stuff and he's like no we just we just go face we just, we just hit him in the face and they die. <laughs> my brother's ipad also had different like smudges yeah. based on what kind of thing so he was huge into uh miracle rogue or like just endless rogue is essentially what it looked like at the time and right. so just like the smears of just like getting stuff out really fast so they'd all just like be abandoned like part way through because all you needed to do was just kind of like <laughs> yes. flick it onto the board and so yeah the the smudge pattern is very indicative of what kind of a player you are i feel like it's true um, you know, okay, that's okay. really awesome. Speaking of that, I had to learn when I was playing on mobile for a while uh, to be very careful, though, because when I would drag, I would somehow not drag it all the way and I'd release and then it'd be like, no, I didn't want to trade that minion. Wait, no, I went to hit <laughs> face. Yep. So, yeah, my Been smudge there. is like the like <laughs> all the, you know, the loop like around your opponent's board yes. to your opponent's face. Yes. So, like that. That's my smudge is like the the like half oval <laughs> around. Oh, that was mine, too, for yeah. uh, for everything mobile. Uh, it only takes one time where you take the straight line to the face and it didn't go face. And you're like, what? Oh, we'll see. Why? Why is this happening? You learn much faster <laughs> than me then, because I did that countless oh, times. <laughs> and then I was like, this is a really it bad took idea. Me once, <laughs> it took me once and I was like, never again. And then I started looping around just like over and over to make sure that I was dodging all minions on the board. Yeah, you know, the first time or two, I was like, what? The game just did that. What? And then I realized after multiple times, it's like, wait, no, it's me clearly not <laughs> dragging my finger far enough on the screen. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that that's when it sunk no, in. We always that's blame the game. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that was my first yeah. instinct. Yeah. Your mistake. Yeah. yeah. It's the correct instinct. Play the game. Yeah. You've, you've, streamed, you've streamed enough. You know this. We never take personal responsibility. <laughs> No, no. Or you see, this is this is the other thing when you stream, then you start and and maybe this is like the caster instinct, too, is that you don't immediately just say that's a misplay or like, oops, I didn't mean to do that. No, no, no. Then you start like figuring out, well, no, actually, this might be better than what I was going to do, because this is the difference between y'all and me, because make it up. The first emote that I put, like, that I was able to customize is the fuck it, we ball emote, which is just like a, eh, oops, I, love that. I guess we're doing this. So, yeah, very different vibes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Don and Kat, do you guys want to answer for, like, your most played class and why you got into that one? God, Dragon Rider, go ahead first. Um. Okay, so definitely my most played class is Hunter as well. Um, but I will say yeah. for for a while it I'm was surprised. actually Paladin. Yeah. Oops. Um yeah, for for a while it actually was Paladin. Uh and what got me into Paladin and playing that so much was Murloc Paladin. Back when you had like, you know, the uh all of the the Murloc stuff, you'd play like a big what was it? I can't remember the name. The seven cost spell that like pulled Murlocs from your deck onto the board. And then you just got to hit face and you're like, this is great. Is that anything can happen? Yes. Probably. Yes. That yeah, was the one. Like that. And that was the deck that I first hit legend with. So, you know, mm-hmm. I played it a ton because it took me so many games to like hit legend for the first time. And then it was like, okay, cool. So, you know, I, I jammed that a lot. And then, yeah, kind of ended up finding Hunter, and I think what really got me into Hunter more um, it is kind of similar to Ron in terms of, like, you could hit face, and there was, like, beasts and, like, you know, dinosaurs and stuff. And I'm like, this is great. Like, I can I could do this. Um, but I started playing a lot of, like, the cube uh, Katrina lock, or not lock, the Katrina oh, yeah. deck. Uh, so, the deck was incredible. Yeah, so like you'd cube and then like Katri- you play Katrina and like pulls out, uh, you know, crush from your deck and then you get to hit them in the face and you're like, this is so cool. And uh, that also, I think, hit home for me too because that was playing cube was the time frame that I really started to understand the concept of like playing for tempo. And that, like, sometimes you just have to play a thing onto the board, even if you don't get, like, the best value. And so, like, I started learning that concept. And I was like, okay, like, this is fun. I get to hit people in the face. I'm, like, learning things. Like, this is awesome. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, this is cool. And then uh, I started doing more Hunter decks. And that was also cool. And then we got to the point of Highlander Hunter. And holy crap, I probably played legit at least like 2000 games or something with highlander hunter uh during during that time and standard so yeah yeah <laughs> a cultured decision <laughs> yes i support so, like it. what what's better than just playing crush than playing a brand that summons a crush and you get to hit people in the face like it was cheaper it was a cheaper crush that yeah, was cool and you could play zephyrus so that was very exciting so then I was like, I just love Hunter. Like, this is my favorite thing ever. Like, I like doing this. Apparently, it just hitting people on the face with King Crush was was what did it for me, I guess. Everybody loves a big dinosaur. Yeah. 
Honestly, That's that it. is kind of fun. Having um there's a oh gosh, I can't remember what kind of deck it is, but like basically it just yeah, whenever you can summon King Crush and like you were not supposed to like not playing him out of hand is always the joy of King Crush, I feel like. Um I will say there. he does have my most favorite animation in all of Hearthstone though. Yes. When you actually play King Crush on the board, um the stomp animation before he comes in, it is just so perfect. Uh my favorite lethal of all time in any Hearthstone game is always when your opponent's at eight or less life and Crush has the free shot and you get to play the entrance animation. It's like, yep, the stomps. They know it's coming. They know it's over. Here he is. Oh, it's, it's, oh it's, it's something else. You know, as somebody who watched Jurassic Park countless times, and also yes. I absolutely, like, I had, oh my God. All right. Here we go. Here we go. All right. I'm about to, like, age myself and also reveal, like, a whole level of nerd that maybe I haven't. Um, so I had the DVDs. If you know how how many of you know what a DVD is, <laughs> oh my god! It's all right, you didn't say VHS. I was gonna uh, say I had those <laughs> too. I used to have laser discs. All right, yes. Pretty so, sure, uh, pretty sure I had a Jurassic Park VHS. Yeah, so so I I grew up with like Land Before Time on VHS, and then we went into like the Jurassic Park era. <laughs> you know, you had the DVDs, yeah. but I had like the full blown collection DVD things. Like I had a DVD mm-hmm. that was just behind the scene stuff and like the making jurassic park and i love that stuff like seriously i i don't know like at one point i literally i was like i want to like make movies and stuff like i want to be part of like the crew that like works on on set and does that kind of stuff because i just like that was my kind of nerd like you know 12 year old me it was like card games and making movies like and books you know that was was me uh so i mean what you're saying is you were cool at 12 (laughs) and you're still cool now you know i I like to think so it didn't feel like that certainly uh i don't know everyone else (laughs) wasn't cool and they made fun of you for not being Uh, like them but they actually sucked (laughs) and now it's cool uh that's right and they aren't uh, maybe they have to catch up you know but uh i think they yeah, do that's so i very much also was like i saw that animation and i was like okay this is a card game this is like i love card games i've played this stuff i love blizzard games and this card like it hits people in the face and it reminds me of jurassic park like there, it was like all the things like my, takes a lot of boxes you know yeah like my mind was blown i was like this is like the coolest thing ever i want to do this all the time so like <laughs> yeah all of those combined was like i just love hunter like and now you know you gotta have crush if they ever take crush out of standard it's gonna crush my heart they already took uh, out hounds out of standard and it made <laughs> yeah. me very sad yes this, this is a nice we're gonna have play. all I yes like all all the crush puns let's go <laughs> Now you see why we get along so well on Roundtable. We're on the same wavelength. <laughs> Just a couple of Hunter players and over like, here. <laughs> and dad puns. Uh, all right, Kat, what about you and Priest? Yeah, uh, Yes, it is Priest. Um, Priest was like one of the earliest classes I was playing um, because when I started playing the game, um, I was still... A little bit into war- like it was a little after I got out of World of Warcraft, and the like the last class I'd played in World of Warcraft was Death Knight, 
So there was no Death Knight class in, in Hearthstone at that point in time because it was um, right. I started playing right around the time that um, Gnomes vs. Goblins came out. Um, like just before and like right after um, is like when I, my early phases of it. So like I started playing Warlock. Um, I played a little bit of Hunter. I played a little bit of Warrior. I loved Warrior because it was the, you know, the stereotypical like control deck of, of old. But like I ended up playing Priest more. There was just, I, I, I had a Priest that I raided with for a while too. So I was like, this is. I love Priest. I love I love Anduin. I love Varian. Like I love these characters. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll play Priest. And um, it's just I don't know. It's just it's kind of always been like my thing to have just like a just that like very control heavy style. And the fact that um, you can heal, like the 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 fact that you're healing, has always been something interesting to me because. Um, especially because it's just like one of those things that like keeps you in the game and like moves you out of range of your opponent's plan. And so you're doing your own thing, but you're also like at the same time trying to advance your plan and just control the board depending on, you know, like I remember dragon priest and, you know, all the different, you know, way back when we had like Reno priest, which was insane with, uh, Raza the Chained and, uh, you know, so that was a lot of fun with the uh, Anduin Death Knight cards. So, and then I remember a big priest was fun, like with the the Spellstone, which was a good time. Um, And like the good old days of uh, the living, uh, the the 3-5 that generates a spell. Every time you cast a spell, oh, Lyra, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. the sun shard, yep, yep. Yeah, I have bad okay. memories. Yeah. <laughs> By bad, do you mean good? Because I mean uh, good. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I mean, it was just it was a class I was always attracted to. It was, it was. I mean, at my heart, I've always been a control player. I like control, and um, so it was one of the best like control options. Um, so it kind of always spoke to me and like just fit well with my play style. So um, I, I looked at like 3,200 wins with priest. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I like it. I'm all about it. I like the longer games. I like the, the puzzles. Um, I like the idea of like, providing answers um to my opponent's questions like that just feels there's something in my mind that's just like very satisfying about that being able to be like oh you're gonna come at with me with this this and this and i'm like all right well likely you're gonna come at me with this this and this so i'm going to not worry about it here and clear here and use this here and heal here and you know like just being able to like feels like a puzzle that you're putting together and i know i know all decks are like that but it just feels so much more important in i will say my actually i think the reason i got into shaman so much 
I do not want to think about what my opponent's playing. That's their business. That's not my business. Are you kidding me? That's <laughs> happening on their side of the board. All I want is a bunch of tiny little guys that uh, if I stack them in the right order, then I can hit people in the face with them. And so like my original Respect. shaman deck was actually the um, Wind Fury, the... Um, uh, Doomhammer? Doomhammer, yes. And mm -hmm. so like... Um, I got into shaman through that. Like, I think I like kind of like learned it. And so exact opposite vibes of cat. What like, you know, saying like, oh, I want to provide answers. I want to not have one single thought about what my opponent is doing. Uh, I want that to be play like so little into uh, what I'm anticipating because like, I just really enjoy like you know, like, obviously there's some benefits to, like, you know, with the Murlocs and Totems, playing them in a certain order. And, like, you can, but for the most part, you're just, you're just pushing out, like, a little endless army. Um, Hate to be, like, really dark, but it's kind of like the Russian military strategy okay. of just throw, like, endless suffering, pee on suffering at it until something happens, right? <laughs> like, yes. I just... Smarms is all about the war of attrition. Uh, whereas, like, you know, like, Cat's uh, more of, like, the the Finnish, like, the one sniper who's, like, really good. And it's like, no, <laughs> could not be me. We're just throwing armies out there, seeing what happens. And if they clear it too many times, well, then I guess I'm dead. Uh, but um, the next question I kind of have for you guys is, like, with this, like, when, um, like, a first big meta change happened like you know hearing about like if you really enjoyed aggro with uh your original stuff and then like the meta shifted or like cat like priest hasn't always had a very like super strong control like i know it does a lot of the times but like when that first meta shifted is that when you like shifted into other classes or did you still try to make like your original class work for you um I would say I generally try and kept I I would try and make my original class work for me for most the most part because it's like, um, and I, I would try until basically I, if I hit a wall, you know what I mean. If I like hit the wall and just like, nope, this isn't working for me anymore. But like, it's one of those things that sometimes you just you play into the meta and like, regardless of like what is like projected at the top of the meta you can counter it with you know a bunch of different strategies and that's generally the way i would approach it um but like now i'm kind of more flexible and i'll play basically where what i can get some momentum with and what if if i enjoy playing it is you know what it comes down to yeah, I I very much feel that same way. Like when I was first kind of getting into the game and like I said, you know, I hit I hit legend for the first time with Murloc Shaman and like the next month I was like, "Okay, this is the deck I know. It's still good. Still playing this deck." And like I just kind of, you know, kind of did that and then over time it was like, "Okay, I'm going to now like try to learn this other deck." And then I'm just going to like stick with that one deck for a long time until I kind of really learn it and grow um and I, I think as i got better at the game and then as my goals changed with the game that's when i kind of started like hey it's a new meta i'm going to try my own decks for the first like two days of a new expansion or something and then i'll just take meta decks you know because i was like well i kind of want to get a little bit better at analyzing cards for myself you know and, and trying them out 
or I just want to like have fun with these cards that I know are probably not going to be, you know, very competitive and used in meta decks, but I think they're great or they're funny or something. And I was like, I just want to play them and goof around uh, and then play stuff. Um, so for me, like when I was first kind of starting out, I was very much like, I'm going to kind of stick with Hunter or stick with Paladin, you know, and those decks that I was like familiar with, you know, maybe I'll try something within those, that class, like for new stuff. Um, and didn't really look at other things, right? Like, oh, okay, like there's some new cards, but like I'll kind of look at them, but like that's it. Uh, and then as I've played more and more and as I've wanted to get into more competitive or as I've been doing more casting and practicing more decks and trying to follow more of like the competitive stuff, I definitely have branched out and that for sure uh, includes like at expansion time and when metas change, it's like, okay, I'm going to play less games, but of more decks just to like try them all out, see how they kind of feel and work. And then in terms of like, if I want to climb the ladder, uh, then I'll focus on whichever one I'm, I'm kind of winning with or getting the most momentum with or having the most fun with. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it was like very much, um, very much that like sticking with what I know, what I like. And then as my goals change, it became, I'm going to try all the things and then see from there what I actually want to play on ladder. I like it. Yeah. Um, for for me, I'd say um, <clears throat> there's always a level of like favorite class loyalty that I go back to Hunter in basically every meta and I try to make some Hunter deck work. And there's always people that are like making new decks and there's data aggregate websites. So it's really easy to steal a deck and find it and maybe try to optimize it if you can uh, to make the deck stronger for what you're seeing. Um, so to a certain extent, like Hunter's kind of my go-to for that, but I wanted to make sure that I had variety and I played other things because once I kind of got the basics down and understood, you know, how Hearthstone fundamentals worked and how to win games and, and how to win games as Hunter and be like the really aggressive strategy, I found myself more attracted to different types of gameplay to branch out and the thing that appealed to me the most was flexibility and like you can have so much flexibility in almost any class especially in like today's hearthstone where they print so many things that aren't just pack filler like they're actual good cards uh in the earlier days of hearthstone there were a lot of like pack filler things or just like hey you can't really do much with this except the one thing that it's supposed to do um so sometimes play styles were more linear and that forced you into certain other patterns but I've, I've branched out and I've played every class, even Priest, which I consider to be my least favorite out of all of them. Like um, Kat was mentioning Dragon Priest uh, in those days. Almost all of my Priest wins have come from Dragon Priest. That was a fun deck. I really enjoyed it and I played a lot of it. It also happened to coincide with the dark, darkest days of Hearthstone for me uh, in terms of like my Hunter enjoyment because that was the Gadgets and meta. Mm -hmm. And Gadgetzan was the meta that murdered Hunter. Hunter was completely unplayable. I literally abandoned the class for like a full expansion, maybe more. It just, it was awful. I think the follow-up 
to that was Ungoro, which is still probably my favorite meta of all time. And we were so back and it was amazing. And dinosaurs were there and everything was incredible. Um, so I naturally gravitated heavily to that. But like the more I played, the more I got into playing Rogue, which is a lot more of a difficult learning curve, um, like especially for a newer player compared to like how a typical face hunter deck would play. Uh, you line that up with how like a Rogue deck would play that wants to do, you know, very specific like card draw setup, power spike turns, have swing turns and stuff like all these different things that you're totally not used to when you're learning. Um, and it's just really cool to branch out and get more and more strategies. And the, I guess I'll leave, I'll conclude it with this when it comes to, um, figuring out metas, it's a really good idea, especially if you have a favorite to play with everything else so that you know how your how those things beat your favorite. And then you know how your favorite can beat those things. Um, so all of those things help. So you kind of brought up a really interesting point that I kind of want to hit on more. It's like the, you know, starting out like learning Hunter, more straightforward, and then getting into like the more complex types of decks or like decks that like have a very specific plan. And how like, obviously, there must have been like a point for... I know there was a point for me where I like Hearthstone turned from a, oh, this is something that I pick up occasionally to, oh my gosh, this is becoming a problem. I do nothing but this. Um, and then like how you decided to like learn once you hit that point of like, I kind of actually want to play Hearthstone a ton. Um, so like how, when you decided that you did want to learn, like how you went about that. So I would always play things that I thought was fun. Um, and I would branch out a little bit and I would try to learn like different strategies and so on, but I never hit legend. I didn't hit legend until probably a year in, uh, I wasn't actively trying really hard to hit legend, but I thought it would be nice if I got there and I, I wanted to, um, I just didn't really know how to. And like, I think the closest I got was maybe like rank two, um, the, in the old ladder system, whereas like uh, if I had won like what six more games in a row or something, maybe yeah. I hit legend. Um, and yeah, just like kept kind of hitting a wall and couldn't really figure it out. Uh, and then I decided this is an accomplishment I really want. I, I think I should do this. So um, I started trying a little bit harder, um, seeing if I could learn more from my games. And the absolute biggest thing for me was starting to watch people stream mm -hmm. and going in and checking out other people's streams specifically it was actually because as i was getting better i ran into kibler on ladder and someone on my friends list messaged me yo are you playing kibler right now and i wasn't um they weren't spectating me and i was like how did you know that <laughs> and they're like well i'm watching his stream and i'm like what so I obviously didn't like go and stream snipe him right away that I would never do that. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I kept that in mind that, oh, I should like check out his stream and I should check out other streams and stuff. And at first it was also fun to like see myself as the opposite side on stream and oh my God, I beat the streamer. That was cool. Um, but then it was like, watch the streamer, see what they're talking about. And especially someone like Kibler, he talked through all of his plays and explained why he did what he was doing and talked about why he was thinking about doing something else. And it 
just like completely opened like a whole new world of how to play the game to me that I, I hadn't really considered nearly as deeply as I thought I, I was, or I thought was even like available to think about uh, just someone like him, especially with such incredible card game knowledge is like, Oh, this is how you do it. And this is how you improve. And this is why he's doing what he's doing. And he's setting up for like two to three turns in advance some of the time. And he's making decisions based on what he thinks my deck probably contains, like all that stuff. And all of a sudden, oh, now I hit legend. Oh, now I'm always hitting legend. Uh, and it was just like a huge thing. So uh, for me too, this is one of my favorite parts about being a streamer now is I always wanted to kind of emulate that. So when I stream, I talk through all my plays and I'd, I'd be talking to myself like psycho anyway, if I wasn't streaming, just like <laughs> muttering under my breath, like going to do this, do that, doing some little math in my head. And now I just get to like, say it out loud and not seem totally insane. Cause some people are listening. <laughs> I was going to say that is one of the big parts of streaming is like, also, for a while, you were just talking to an empty room. Uh, so, yes. you know, like, we're all people who are uh, totally fine talking to ourselves on end, Indeed. like, endlessly. <laughs> I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Don and Kat, like, how did you guys go about, like, the learning process? Um, For me, it was just kind of getting in there and diving in and trying to pick things up. Like... Watching streams um, and watching tournaments was another big thing for me, too, was watching competitive level play um, and trying to um, have a bit of an idea as it gives you an idea of like, OK, like sometimes like you have to do something. It makes sense for you to do something that seems so out of place for like the average beginner player, like where it's like, this is a combo piece. You're like, Oh, this is a card that I want to, you know, pair with something else. But you see like someone in a tournament, like in a more aggressive matchup, they tempo out a, a, a turn, you know, a, a more important piece because they need, they know they need to fight for board that, that you know, like stuff that seems kind of like oh just hold on to it until you can use it correctly but that's not really a thing it just isn't you just have to make what you have work so like that was kind of one of the things that like a turning point for me was just like the fact that um learning that um like it's okay not to always have the like most optimal play and sometimes you just have to tempo something out to get something going like it's it's uh learning where you are what your situation is and like what your likelihood of being able to get out of it and like that combo piece is no good for you if you're dead so like like learning that hey i need to remember that like if i don't get to the later turns uh, i mean i I, I like I can find a win con most of the time you can find a win con later in the game but if you're dead you can't win so like learning some of the like more counterintuitive points of um like card games is definitely a thing so like that's that's something that helped me and and I had picked that up watching tournaments and watching how other people handled themselves okay yeah 
I, I love that uh, description, by the way, because it does seem like so obvious. But when you're first learning, I, like a lot of people don't actually understand that, like, hey, I need to still actually be playing the game and not be dead, like to do the things. Because <laughs> when you're learning, yeah, sometimes you get so focused on like, oh, I got to play these things together or I need to wait for like this specific draw. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait. I'm dead. What just happened? Like, you have no idea what your opponent even just did because you're so focused on this or, or like you don't really count what's happening on the board because you're like, oh, like I just play these things and then I do this. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, oh, no, I you know, and that's where things like learning <laughs> when to trade or when not to trade and go face like is a huge part of, of that kind of learning because, yeah, like it seems so obvious, right? Like I need to not be dead to you know, still be in the game to play, but it's not something that is like a concept that you think of when you're learning. You're just so focused on like, oh, I got to play these cards. I got to learn how these cards work. Um, but if I play this now, I won't get its maximum ability. Yeah, I know. exactly. It's so true. It's I so had to true. learn this with my therapist <laughs> and not through a card game. But sometimes <laughs> you can't be like a perfectionist, yes or no. Sometimes things just have to be slightly okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's interesting hearing how Ron and Kat kind of got their learning because I feel like I took a similar approach, but also kind of different. Um, because for me, it was like I I found the game and then right, I kind of started like, I think I got online or something at, for like BlizzCon. I was like, I created a Twitter account to like tweet something for BlizzCon. <laughs> and uh, then all of a sudden I was like, I started seeing other people talking about the game. And then all of a sudden I learned, like, honestly, you would probably, most people probably would not know this now. I had no idea what a podcast was until after playing Hearthstone. Solid. Like I, I legit, I was like, what is a podcast? What does that mean? Like, what, what is this? And then I learned, I was like, oh, there's a, oh, oh, people do like a podcast. And then you just started collecting them. No, I like it. I, I like did. I did. Very early in Hearthstone's history, there was a point where I listened to 17 different Hearthstone podcasts a week. Whew. That's also how many Hearthstone podcasts we had at one time. And I listened to 17 podcasts a week. I was also wow. a truck driver at that time. So like I would listen a lot like while I was on the road driving. <laughs> um, but for me, so it became like, oh, I can learn from listening to these people just talking about the game and talking about these concepts, talking about, hey, you have to still be able to live to be in the game. Like, oh, and so, like, for me, it was very much like learning through hearing other people talking about these kind of concepts, these ideas. And and then from there, it started evolving into like, oh, OK, like, I really want to get better at the game. I think I can hit legend. I can, you know, climb the ladder. And uh, then I, I jumped in and I got uh, a coaching from Alec. If you all if remember Alec Dawson, who started as the content creator doing a Hearthstone podcast called The Golden Wisp. Mm -hmm. And then eventually yep. moved to working on Hearthstone and now works on Overwatch. Um, but I got I got a coaching from him and I was like, oh, OK, like this is another way I can start learning. And then I started getting really into it. And I was like, I'm going to watch all these tournaments. And I learned by listening to the casters kind of talking about the different options, right? The different plays, um, like the different lines, the different possibilities. And 
I think for me, that was it was easier for me to grasp things that way. And probably why I focus so much on trying to teach that way now myself. Like, I very much do a lot of content and I, I talk a lot about, like, the fundamentals, the basics, um, the generalities, because I started trying to watch streams like the two of them mentioned. And I had a really hard time with it, honestly. Like, uh, and yeah, some people can learn that way. But for me, it didn't work. I would watch people and I would start getting bored. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, what are we doing? Okay. Or it's, you can't. Turns like, out you can't double speed real life. And that's yeah, hard as hell yeah. for me. I mean, now, like years and years later. Oh, <laughs> turns out. Yeah. ADHD. That was a, that was a part of it as well. Um, and probably why it worked so well, like listening to things while I was doing other stuff. And for me, that sunk in. But also it was difficult to always find streamers who would like Ron was saying, like really talk through their plays and the reasoning why. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that Murloc deck, and I, I know some of the listeners and probably a couple of you have heard the story probably a couple times, but there was the, I always forget what it's called, the the stupid 2-2 Murloc that you discovered a paladin secret. And I was like, what is this? Why do people like this so much? I didn't get it. And people, oh, yeah. yeah, people were like, this card's the nuts. Like, it's so good. And I was like, no, it's terrible. I don't understand. Like, you get a secret, and then you got to play the secret from your hand. And, like, you got to figure out which secret you even want. And I was like, I don't understand this. Like, it just did not click in my brain. And so I took that Murloc out, and everyone was like, no, that's like, you got to have that Murloc. And I, for me, I was like, but why? And they're like, because it's good. I'm like, okay, like, what does that mean? Like, it made no sense for me in my brain. I was like, okay, like, just telling me a card is good doesn't help me understand why it's good or how I should be using it to actually, like, in the circumstances, you know, when I'm actually playing in a match and I use it, just saying, oh, this card's good means nothing, right? Like, yeah. so I put in the uh, little bluegill warrior. Oh, yeah, the 2-1 charge? 2-1 oh, charge. Yeah. Hit him in the face. So you play your spell, <laughs> and it pulls out a murloc, and then you also had the um, the war leader that gave your other murlocs, mm -hmm. you know, like plus one attack. So then you had to hit face for three with him when he hit the board. And I was like, this, I understand. <laughs> like, I understand yeah. how to go face. I understand how to just put on the pressure and and then you know kind of learning okay how to like you know then got more in depth with like oh how to like space out my threats and and that kind of thing to play around removals and but for me it was very much like starting with that kind of stuff and then that little bit of experimentation like what was working for me all the podcasts were saying go watch streamers watch watch the streamers and and you know figure out what they're doing but for me that didn't work like, I, I could not understand why those cards were good. And that's all the streamer said. And if you tried to ask in chats, also, sometimes you don't find helpful environments in some of those, right? People just make fun of you or they're like, oh, that's, it's a good card. Just play it. It's a good card. And it's like, well, that, but why is it a good card? I'm asking why. Like, it doesn't help me. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. So for me, I had to take that different approach of like, okay, I'm going to try something else. And I'm going to listen to these people talk where in a podcast, right, it's, there, there were some, but it's very difficult in that audio form to just straight up play a game of Hearthstone and explain everything as you go, especially because the, there's the rope and the time limits. So when they delved more into, 
maybe deep dive on a deck and talking about, hey, these cards you can kind of keep at the beginning, or this is like your overall strategy, and then you can adjust as you go. That was how I learned for me and how I still kind of continue to learn because I think it's super important. And so, yeah, it's like hearing the people talk and, and again, like the casters during tournaments and stuff, that, that was what always worked for me instead of watching other people play because that just it didn't click in my brain <laughs> for some reason. I mean, it's probably, yeah. the, like you said, the ADHD did, did not yeah. help, so... Uh, but it, very- it's also if you are going to watch a stream, it's important to find the like the right type of stream that would work best yeah. for your learning if if mm-hmm. that's what your goal is. And not every stream is focused on that being like what their value proposition is to their community. It might just be like, hey, everybody knows how to play like high level Hearthstone here, so I'm not going to explain you know why I'm doing this. I'm just going to do something else that I think you guys will find entertaining. And then there's other streams for other people who might be focused on a different thing, or that's the goal of the stream. Um, but yeah, probably a lot of factors. Um, I just wanted to like, you know, I ask a question and I will bring my own thing into it. Um, I learned how to play via people furiously typing in the comments of my nice. streams. <laughs> uh, because like I didn't originally plan on like streaming Hearthstone all the time. I Hearthstone was definitely something I enjoyed, but mm-hmm. I knew like having seen my how my brother played and how versus like how I played, I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't. Uh, and then I got like a Regis raid and I'm like, okay. I my entire everybody who's here now is like thinks that I mainly do Hearthstone so I guess I'll stick with it um but yeah stressing out your chat via like them knowing that they have to give you advice and like them taking it personally when you don't win um is both hilarious and um like you get some very high strung people and I cannot recommend it enough if that is also (laughs) what you want to go for um, as long as you yourself don't care what the outcomes are, very hilarious. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> uh, your whole sounds way more reasonable, uh, funny enough. And, um, <laughs> I, who could have ever thought, uh, so I know like we're kind of going on here, but like, I wanted to ask another question of when you are playing, like, do you try to go for decks that are like what percentage do you go like decks that are meta versus like decks that like you vibe with and enjoy and how like that impacts, um, you know, your climb and everything. It's a good question. Um, for me, I'd say like based on my enjoyment of the game is often connected with, uh, at least a, a decent win rate as well. Like I don't want to be losing, very consistently um and i enjoy the game a lot more when i'm winning consistently so there's always a natural gravitation towards meta decks things that are stronger things that are kind of uh optimized a certain way to be better against what everyone else is kind of playing um and you know as mentioned before i start with sort of the class loyalty thing where I try to make a hunter deck work. But if I'm not really having a lot of success with a hunter deck, uh, my reasoning is kind of always like, well, I really like this deck and this class and it's fun to do this, but also it's really fun to win games. 
Um, so th that's, that's kind of the end all be all at the end of the day where I, I wish sometimes that I was, that I cared a little bit less about the end result, uh, and like what the number of the rank is and so on. But to, to a certain extent, especially streaming, like there are other people in your chat who are also invested in the number. Um, and it incentivizes you to care more about the number yourself. So for that reason, among many others, it's like, okay, well, I should probably play a stronger deck then than something that I specifically think is funny or fun. Um, unless that maybe is like your specific brand. Uh, for me, it's not, but there are a lot of streamers that do have like a particular brand of I'm the meme deck guy, or, you know, I do, mm -hmm. I, I make funny, interesting combos and, Obviously, that's going to come with the caveat that, yeah, I'm going to lose a lot more games because of it, but the fireworks when it wins, you know, and that's what people are there for. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I have a really um, pathological competitive streak, I think, where it's like insanely important. It's in some part of my brain to like win every single game that I ever play. Uh, and obviously that's completely impossible. So I have to reconcile that insane part of me with like the rational side, which is like, Hey, let's find a win rate that is acceptable that, you know, is okay. This is good. Or, or this is something to strive to improve and so on. Um, but it's usually some combination cause I don't often, it, it's not so important to me that I want to play the absolute top tier deck at all times. I find that often kind of boring to play like the best deck. And maybe there's a little bit of, um, I don't know, self-protection involved there. If I'm not ever playing the absolute best deck ever, then losing means that there's still some kind of excuse. Well, I'm not playing the best deck, you know? <laughs> uh, oh sure i could have won if i was playing the best deck you know but more to that it's not just like you know some kind of oh i'm trying to hold back an excuse it's like i just have more fun playing decks that are really good and high tier but not like the absolute top tier um among other reasons it's also like it's it's a point of pride like hey not only am i not playing the best deck but i played this different deck and i beat the best deck you know and mm -hmm. that's like a a big like you know um serotonin boost type of thing where you're like oh yeah this is good uh, or if like you made some slight changes to a deck yourself um and as everyone knows, if you change a single card in anyone's pre-built deck, it makes it immediately yours. And oh, you are 100%. a genius oh, who has come up with this deck absolutely. and every strategy exactly. involved you know, with it. Especially <laughs> when Blister Guy was doing his like uh, images to compare decks. He, he's, uh -huh. he hasn't done that for a while, but he was doing that for quite a while. Uh, and that my deck was showcased my murloc deck because i was playing blue guild warriors so clearly my murloc deck was different and i got credit for Dragon it Rider. i was like oh yeah innovative. that's right that's right yes How so i i can attest to that it's true if you change one card and then you yeah. just have a bigger creator put that in an image and post it with your name boom you got it Content. It was yours all the way. Exactly. Content 101. <laughs> yeah, but uh, just kind of in general, like with with the whole meta thing, it's I'm I'm more like 
completely what is the meta focused than than other things than I would like to be than I think is cool um, because I'm highly focused on winning the maximum amount of games. Um, but I will say with almost any deck, uh, I wanted to mention another thing that kind of ties into the previous uh, question, which is like when it comes to like learning how to play Hearthstone and how to play it better. Um, the best thing that you can do is spend all of your mana. Just always. Yeah. Every turn. Always spend all of your mana. And then as soon as you have that down, and as soon as you've ingrained that completely through and through into every core of you when you play Hearthstone, um, sometimes don't spend all of your mana. Yeah. Honestly, that's such a good thing. <laughs> that is... Uh something that like used to drive me nuts uh during like is when you get that like turnaround after of like spending all your mana it's like okay but i've got something here clearly i need yes. to do something and it's like <laughs> no i actually need to save these cards in hand for a better turn and that is very difficult to figure but, out like when but spend all mana though yeah but <laughs> but what if yeah. <laughs> um so yeah Okay. It's it's definitely one of those things that like you hit the point where you're just like you've gotten good enough at like just being as efficient with your mana, then you realize when you can hold something back or when you need to hold something back. Right. But like the the most simple concept that is hard to grasp depending on your mindset is you need to be efficient and the best way to be efficient with your tools is to spend all your mana. You use all your resources because it's you spend it or you lose it. And would you rather throw away three mana crystals or would you rather have a card on the board? Or would you rather done like four damage to your opponent's face or hit a hero power or something like that? You know, like it's, it's very, um, it's just one of those things that like it, it <laughs> and, like it hits that wall of just like, okay, we'll do this, and now you're good enough so you could step up here and go, yeah, but in certain situations, it's okay not to do this with X, Y, and Y, Z, and, you know, right. all those other scenarios. But you have to know, like, A, you have to know your deck. You have to know your opponent's deck. Like, if you're not quite sure what you're playing against, just spend all your mana. Like, just spend all your mana, simple enough. But when you know what the matchup looks like, what your opponent's playing, what they're likely to play. Like if you have an answer that costs um, that you could play this turn and it uses all your mana, or you have another card that you will use like floats like one or two mana, but you still keep that answer to the most likely, their most likely play next turn. That's probably the better thing to do. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to totally derail us back on the, uh, um, like, learning about hearthstone and how to play but i that was that was one thing that i i struck me as like a, a funny thing that i forgot to mention so no it's no yeah, i love no, it's it a, it's a yeah. wonderful point oh i think it fits perfectly because it's kind of kind of like what kat was saying like as you kind of get better i think more more likely than not most people will probably take meta decks 
and they will try to learn with meta decks or near meta decks, right? Whether it's tier one, tier two, tier three, or a couple cards off, right? They'll take the, like, the top meta deck and they're like, oh, I don't have that legendary. So they put in a different card or something instead of the legendary, right? So they take those decks and they try to learn that. They learn the basics, the fundamentals, spending all your mana every turn, you know, those kind of things. And then, like Kat said, like, as you get better, then that's when you can kind of change things up a bit and say, oh, okay, maybe I don't like this card in the deck and you're going to change that card. Or... But I do like the bluegill. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's <Exactly>. go. <laughs> you know, secrets don't work for you. Just smork them, uh, you know, or you can take, hey, I'm not going to take one of the top tier decks because as Ron was saying earlier, eh, I've tried playing that and it's kind of boring to me, the play style. So maybe I take a tier two deck or a tier three deck. It's still technically a meta deck, but it's not like the top, you know, best win rate one. And maybe then you you start playing that. Uh, and I think that's very much kind of the pattern that I've fallen in, where I took something and was like, okay, this is what I'm going to play. And then as metas have changed, as we've gotten expansions, I'm like, I'll pretty much kind of just take like the, the best thing. Um, I also don't typically consider myself a good deck builder so for a long time i was like i'm not good at deck building i don't know how to do that you know so i'm just gonna take the decks that other people have and that you know their stats on and that and that's what i'm gonna play and then i kind of over you know over time as i've done this more and uh, as i've tied content to it um that also changes what i decide to play as well like you know hey uh First two days of an expansion. Now I'm just going to, I'm going to be a deck builder for two days and experiment and play really crappy decks <laughs> because I want to play the fun cards. Or I want to play these other things. And then, you know, yeah, after those first two days, I'll probably get tired of losing a bunch and then I'll be like, okay, just give me the, the meta deck code and I'm going to play that. Right. Um, or, you know, yeah, maybe most of the time, if I'm just playing and I'm just streaming kind of thing, I'll probably end up on a, tier two tier three meta deck um because again i i don't really enjoy like creating my own decks so i am more of a meta player i will just play those um but maybe i don't vibe with the the top decks sometimes i do sometimes i don't you know but it's like oh okay mm -hmm. like for a while i really got into uh the curse warlock and it was like tier two or two tier three you know, no, I wasn't learning the combo decks that were really good or whatever, but it was like, ah, curse lock. Cool. I'm going to play that and like figure that out. Um, mm -hmm. But then as it might get closer to, hey, I know that I have a big casting coming up soon. Then my focus changes because of that kind of content that I'm doing. So then like, hey, for that, it's like, okay, I have to play these top decks. I have to kind of learn these. I have to do that. And that becomes my focus. So, yeah, for me, like, over time, as I've gotten better at the game and as, again, my, like, my goals or what I'm doing for my content has tied in, it changes what, what I play or what I'm focusing on. Mm -hmm. And I'll just quickly wrap this up because it's looking like we're a little over time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, um, like, personally, I just... You know, I just bounce around. Um, I kind of find some of the archetypes that, like, 
I thought were interesting during the reveal season, like in try and use cards. And then I'm looking at what other people are playing and just kind of going back and forth, bouncing through decks and just kind of working my way to what I would consider to be enjoyable. Uh, excuse me. Um, I'm very much a, a meta player, as I've said before, you know, I'm not, I'm a pilot I'm not a, a creator. So like I'm, taking things from he's just replayed 99% of the time and looking at win percentages and grabbing like the highest win percentage rate uh, deck and just popping it in and, and learning how to pilot it from there. So like, um, but I generally tend to go winnings more fun for me than just having something go off. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, especially early on in the expansion, if there's something like crazy and fun, that is stupid. I will like, like if I'm at a floor, I will just do it. Like I'll just keep playing until I get something stupid, some stupid combo to go off. You know, like I'm not above that on like day one or day two, but then, you know, later on, you know, that week and I, I'm going back to trying to hit legend and it's just, you know, whatever, whatever fits into the meta and kind of jives with my play style. So floor me is very different than like one or two star away me those are two separate people they should never meet they would hate each other so, well, <laughs> but, floor smarms is the real smarms and yes. <laughs> which is why i tend to stay on the floor because that's where you have the fun you're just throwing mud around seeing what sticks precisely yeah. yeah okay Awesome. Yeah. This was super great, guys. And honestly, this is how I also learn, in case anybody is curious. Uh, turns out if you talk enough about Hearthstone, you don't have to be good at it. They will bring you on and then teach you as you go. So it's like being force-fed the the good, good content. So amazing, guys. It's exactly. a good method. Yes. Exactly. And it applies directly to you. You don't have to put yourself in someone else's shoes. We are talking directly yeah. to you, Smarms. Yes. So. Yeah. And it is actually great. You know, getting around that ADHD barrier, like Don was talking about earlier, turns out when you're in a conversation, it's a lot easier to pay attention. Yes. And uh, also, if people are interested in hearing that, I'm just going to preface that we will be talking about the flip side of this, which is like smarms and people who are newer to the game and have been newer to content and like what their perspective is and how you've approached things, especially with new metas next week. And I'm very excited about that. Cause I, again, like I like these kind of the philosophies and looking at this stuff and hearing people talk about it. So like for me, I don't know, again, like I'm that kind of nerd. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like we're talking philosophies. We're talking about this stuff. Like I'm all excited. I'm pumped. The mental game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, about, so, you're you know. all about the mental game. <laughs> I am. So, so I'm, I'm very excited to, like kind of be on the reverse side of this next week uh, and, you know, kind of get that, like talk about how you've approached it and maybe be reminded of like, Oh yeah, maybe I did do that when I was first learning and like how I've changed since then. So yes. Okay. So we don't have a poll question this week. We decided since we were just kind of focusing on kind of just, talking strategy and um learning that there wasn't really we didn't really want to put a poll question here this week so we're just gonna go into plugs so 
You can find the show on Twitter at Dr3HS. You can email the show at Dr3HS at gmail.com. Um, and you can follow our top pin tweet to join the Dr3 Discord. You can find myself uh, online, uh, Twitter as Alkaline underscore cat, K-A-T. Uh, Twitch and Blue Sky are just Alkaline Cat, one word. Um, and that's me, so Dragon Rider. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Donnie DK, D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. Uh, you can find me on YouTube and Twitch, Dragon Rider, T-C-C-G. And some weeks, I'll say, <laughs> because, you know, I, I'm i not with it lately. Uh, some weeks, talking with Ron over at the TCCG Roundtable about a whole bunch of different card games. And Smarms? You can find me on both Twitter and Twitch at Send Me Your Arms, as well as on Blizzlet. And then Ron, why don't you go ahead and plug yourself and where we can, uh, where our listeners can find you at? Right on. So I'm on uh, Twitter at Ron underscore HS. You can find me on YouTube at Ron Mexico HS, and you can find me on Twitch, uh, also Ron Mexico HS, where I stream Monday through Friday, uh, typically 7 p.m. Eastern until around midnight, um, and uh, you know, tonight a little bit later, uh, but. Uh, Usually it'll be that that regular schedule just Monday through Friday. Perfect. So thank you everyone for tuning in and hearing us just, you know, try and gain some new information on how we approach the new meta. And as always, you've been listening to Dr. Three. Boom, boom, boom. Gotta have that classic entry. That's right. Uh, boom?